0: Are you ready? Let's get to work. Excited to have you here today and thrilled at our next guest. Gina works for the Talent Group, an executive search firm in Portland, Oregon, where she sits at convergence of executive search consulting, interview skills training, and career coaching. She has recruited from around the country and has coached executives from coast to coast. On top of executive search, she conducts a six-hour interview training to teach all levels of hiring managers the best interview and selection techniques. So listen up, folks. You're going to be able to gain some nuggets for working with your team. She conducts workshops on networking and recently spoke at Portland's first Disrupt HR conference, promoting the power of connection and networking. She holds a bachelor's degree in organizational communication and a master's degree in whole systems and organizational design. This lady knows her stuff. So welcome, Gina Riley. So happy to have you you here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's exciting. I'm here in uh, Washington state, so Oregon is just the the next state south, so we're practically neighbors. We really are, I agree. (laughs) So when I sent the discovery Uh, information to you and asked you if you had the opportunity to title your episode, what would it be? And you said that leadership starts with you. So big topic. I'm going to turn the mic over to you and you share with us.
1: Well, uh, yes, leadership does start with the self. And uh, I see it every day whether I'm either interviewing people or whether I am coaching people who are in career tra- transition, the people that get to know themselves and know their own core strengths and values are the ones that um, not only succeed as leaders and managers, but when it comes time to for career transition, they can take all of that with them and articulate it better than other people when they're trying to get that next job.
0: It makes a lot, makes a lot of sense. Knowing, knowing your strengths, let's call them strengths. I I liken strengths often to the things that come easily to you, the things that you really like to do, the things that get you jazzed up. Absolutely. You know, and when you, when you know that about yourself, you're certainly more able to articulate to somebody when they ask you the question.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) What do you like? I think even when you take assessments um, and you're being honest as you take those assessments, it's very reflective of you. It's like, of course, those are my core talents. Of course, those are my core strengths. That's what I just answered. But the magic that happens is when you go and you really do that deep self-reflection and perhaps some journaling and, and writing out like how it shows up on the job, how those talents show up at home as a parent, as a manager, as a leader. So you need to not only take that piece of paper and go, oh, that's really nice. I'm this. And then, and then figure out how you're going to translate that into how do you speak with, with people on a daily basis?
0: It's so easy to take our innate, natural, skills or strengths for granted they just are we right. we don't even we don't even recognize necessarily when we're using them or what they are so i like this thought of just stopping and journaling and absolutely ta- taking a minute to hey let let me write down all the places this shows up in my life
1: absolutely and you know you could you could even liken it to meditation and breathing we all breathe every day we know we need to take a breath but we don't think about it but if we were to be meditating we we're more thoughtful you know about our breath and we take better breaths if you will Mm -hmm. um so if i if i translate that into understanding our natural talents we just pack those along naturally with with ourselves right but Mm -hmm. if you can talk to them and you can explain to people how it's going to show up on the job then you'll be much more effective and much more powerful so really my my first the first thing that i recommend for young or new emerging leaders is to do your own self discovery get to know yourself get to know your top talents your strengths your values what how they show up and what motivates you when you get on the job so that you can you can see where things are going well and then where there's friction And where things aren't working so you can work through those
0: right now you've 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 used the word assessment a few Mm -hmm. times can you uh, expand on what that looks like
1: absolutely there there are so many assessments out there um and I would say that the one that I like the most is is the UMAP process, because I'm a recently certified coach, so I am an evangelist for that one. And the reason why I like that one so much is it actually rolls in four separate assessments. It's not one. So the Clifton Strengths Finder is the anchor, the top five strengths from the Clifton Strengths Finder, but it also rolls in three other assessments. One is highlighting your top 10 values the things that matter the most to you and what i find is when i'm coaching people that it's the values and the friction someone might have in their job is most related to that not whether or not they're using their strengths per se so knowing the top strengths and how you use them in conjunction with the values i'm finding to be a very powerful uh tool for myself and then it, it rolls in um motivators the things that really motivate the skills that you're motivated to use on the job the things that demotivate you because if we're using our strengths 80 percent of the time on the job we're going to be the most happy we will lose ourselves in our jobs and we will be content right? right and then it also outlines where we want to develop And what I'm finding in my coaching relationships with people is that's really helpful to identify where you want to go to your manager and say, this is still where I want to learn, grow, and develop. So the UMAP process is a really nice snapshot of here's who I am. Here's my natural talents. Here's the top three to 10 things that I really value. And then
0: here's where I want to grow. So the values part of it, uh, the result, are those pulled from how you answer the, the questions that are actually part of your strengths as well? Like it's yes. just, it's, it's the design.
1: Of, yes. It's one of the four, um, it's one of the four assessments as a part of the whole UMAP process. Okay. And again, it's not a surprise when you get that back because you're the one answering the questions. It shouldn't be like something got uncovered and it's like, oh, my top value is that? I can't believe it.
0: Right. So uh I want to make sure I'm understanding what you're saying is okay, so we're we're gonna look at ourselves, we're gonna think about our strengths, we're going to look at our look at our life, and then we are actually going to take an assessment that will really dial in.
1: Yes, it gives you the words, work. it gives okay. you the language. It, it precisely gives you the language of what it is that you bring to the table. I'm using this tool with everyone from a senior executive who is in career transition all the way to my two sons who are 17 and 19. One is applying to colleges right now and he has to answer significant essays about himself. Why should we select you to come to our college? Right. And so going through that process allowed him to highlight the exact strengths that he brings to the table and put them in very economical words for those 250 word essays. And then my college student is able to um, prepare for interviews, for internships, et cetera. So it's it's such an incredible tool for anyone. I've got um, a client currently who's in career transition, got a brand new boss and was really tied up in knots about how she was going to explain her strengths and where she still wanted to develop and, and going through the UMAP process gave her the precise, precise language about how to introduce herself to her new boss and then how can you help me learn, grow, and develop in these areas.
0: Okay, so I, in, in my head as you're talking, we may, we may, understand about ourselves, our our strengths but mm-hmm. it's at such a, a basic level mm-hmm. and going through this assessment doing the umap assessment mm-hmm. it is fleshing out and broadening our perspective on everything that we are and we're oh, so yeah. much more than what we actually figured out to begin with.
1: Absolutely. And there's a lot of assessments that I have taken and I've really appreciated and liked. One of the challenges in taking any assessment, including the UMAP, is doing it in a vacuum or doing it in a bubble, right? So, you know, and just saying, okay, this is is what I am, that's fantastic. And then you shelve it. The beauty and the magic of any assessment is doing that self-reflection, the introspection and figuring out how all that shows up. And then as a, as an emerging leader, my second recommendation is then to parlay that to over to your team, have them taking the same kinds of assessments and then bring everyone to the table with a, a really skilled facilitator to talk about what are everyone's natural talents. Because guess what? Some of it may not be that obvious, and maybe some people have friction in their jobs because they're they have, you know, values that are getting rubbed up against. And so once we start to understand each other, then we can support each other in doing better on the job, and then everyone's happier.
0: Yeah, I I love it. When I was at this uh, past uh, company that I worked for when I was the sales manager, I uh, bought the. Uh, Strength Finder 2.0 book mm-hmm. for every single person on my team. Yep. Everybody went in and did the assessments mm-hmm. and they gave me their, their five strengths. And then I had a meeting, a group meeting. And I mean, they knew in advance that they needed to share their five strengths and they needed right. to share how those strengths showed up. Right in their in their job, like where they where they were, right, uh, and it was phenomenal. It was so empowering to all of them and myself included, because I had two I had two gals that woo was their number one. Wow. Well, I'm a long way from woo. I'm a very Practical, straight, direct, to the point, and it was so enlightening because it made so much sense. I had one gal. I swear, there was a five minute preamble before any anything uh, actually that that was actionable that I could do something about showed up. But right. that was her. Right. And that was our customer service on the phone with the customers. And they absolutely loved her because she gave them everything that they needed. She presented every little detail. They knew exactly where things were supposed to be. And it was kind of like, ah,
1: I get it now. You have just illustrated the most perfect example of what can happen. In a positive way, in understanding someone that you're working with, someone that you're leading, because it affords you the opportunity to then pivot and you know change the way that you communicate with them to allow them the space to be who they are. And still, I really relate to what you're talking about. I'm I'm like okay, I'm focused. Focus is my number two. So I'm like, I have to give people space if they have woo or or a relater theme um, or talent, uh, to say what they need to say and have that connection. Um, but then to be able to kindly then pivot and focus it on the work at hand. So it just gives you so much to work with and to relate with those
0: people. Well, what it did for me was it helped me to understand I needed to go in to the conversation with a very different mindset and a very different attitude. And I needed to understand this was not going to be a 32 second quick conversation. It was going to be a three minuter and I needed to be okay with that. Right. Right. And what happened over time is she got more direct I allowed more space, and we kind yeah. of met met in the middle. We, you know, we we figured figured it out, and that's the that's the beauty of understanding. Yes, uh, the other the other person and right. what and it I is think, that it's important you know, to them.
1: For the importance of you know what you're trying to accomplish, I think with the podcast and sharing information with emerging leaders is. It's not touchy feely woo woo stuff to get to know yourself and then get to know your team because ultimately your job is to get good work done and to get good work done in an efficient way where everyone's productive. You have to know yourself and you have to know your team. Mm -hmm. You can't bypass that and expect great results for the long haul.
0: Yeah. And they all need to learn about each other. Oh, yeah. Because they're interacting. And, and I had multiple, uh, I think we were about 10 uh, people, but several of them came up to me and just said how valuable it was because there were certain things about one of their teammates that drove them up the wall. Right. And they understand now why it is. And it's got nothing to do with them, like the the, the person who was frustrated. Yeah. This is how they operate. And I need to change my attitude and I need to um, Adapt. embrace yeah. them. That's one of their strengths. Mm-hmm. It's not one of mine, but it's one of theirs. Mm-hmm. So I need to turn to them when I need their strength because I don't have it and just appreciate that it's available to me.
1: Absolutely. And that's what makes up a strong team too, is is having that blend of strengths. You're going to lean on different people at different times based on what they're bringing to the party.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And having people in the right spot, doing the right things so that they're totally jazzed and happy Mm -hmm. with the tasks they're doing because they speak to
1: their strengths. And it doesn't mean that as individuals that we all don't get assigned something or we don't have to do something that we do not want to do right. or not play to our strengths. You know, I don't enjoy balancing my checkbook or budgeting. It's very <laughs> low. And I'm very lucky to be married to someone who um, is the uh, anchor on the team, yeah. um, but I still have to do it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. But if you, you mentioned earlier of the time, if you can be working in your strengths area, you're a happy, you're a happy camper. You know, you got to,
1: and I'm productive for our family in that case. Yeah, Yeah, exactly.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So now you had a third.
1: I do have a third. So my third, um, suggestion for an emerging leader is to develop a personal board of directors.
0: And what I like the sound of that.
1: Yeah. So it takes some time and effort to sit down and think about who who do you kind of want on your team, you know, in the background, uh, having a mentor, having a sponsor, which are two different things. I'll come back to that. Uh, having fans, having a critic who might not be your biggest fan, but having maybe three to five people that you actively engage with that you say, "Hey, I want you." Um, You know, on my team to give me feedback in the workplace, someone that can hold me accountable, someone that keeps me grounded, someone that can help me navigate when I am frustrated or fearful or nervous, Uh, someone that you can be honest with, and that they will give you real feedback. And what I find really interesting about a a personal board of directors is the critic role because you can go and enroll someone at work who actually could be someone that could damage your reputation on the inside of a company and bring them around and say, hey, I appreciate and value your feedback. And I know sometimes that we don't see things eye to eye and I'm wondering if you will play this role in my life here, you know, at work. So um, and also the difference between a mentor and a sponsor is um, a sponsor is someone who is inside of a company who m- may be a great mouthpiece for you when you're not in the room. Someone that is looking out for your best interest when it comes to promotional opportunities or project opportunities, but a mentor is someone that's giving you more of that boots on the ground day-to-day advice and feedback and support. But th- all of those kinds of people could be on your personal board of directors.
0: Hmm. Very very interesting. Concept. I don't think I've ever, I've ever heard that, but it makes, it makes a lot of, it makes a lot of sense. I had my previous uh, boss was phenomenal. He, he and I, uh, we were, we were yin and yang. He was the bean counter, the engineer kind of thing. And I was the, I was the people, I was the, the voice, the the mouth. And there were many days that I would walk into his office, he would look up, and I'd look at him and I with this look. And uh I said, I think you need to close the door, and he would close the door, and I would proceed to just spew, not at him. Often I was looking out the window, and it was frustrations, it was a challenge, it was all of sure. these, all of these things that were going most of the time he never even looked up. He kept on doing what, what he needed, what he was doing and whatnot, because he knew all I needed was to just get it out. Sure. Right. So as far as, as far as um, um, mentors, having people on your board or director kind of thing, he was absolutely on mine because He would sometimes comment, you know, he would say, yeah, Rhonda, I think you're being a little this or you're being a little that," or, or he would ask more questions, you know, and, and have it, have it go through, but there's no question. Having people that you can go to that you feel safe. Right. To say and be what you need to.
1: Absolutely. Is
0: so important.
1: And people that are going to be honest with you, they're going to tell you the hard things. And honestly, if you learn those hard things before it comes review time, that could really pay off, you know, whether that's promotional opportunities, project opportunities, you know, salary increases. So why not be gathering and getting that harsh, harsh feedback along the way rather than getting surprised at the annual review?
0: Right, right. Okay, so let's just recap the the three simple steps.
1: Yes, Oh, the first one. The first self, one? Yeah, self-discovery, know yourself, journal it out. Um, two is I would, as an emerging leader, get my team together and have a facilitated discussion about their strengths um, with the same tool so that you're operating with the same language. And then the third thing is to work on a, personal board of directors, which can be seasonal in your career as an emerging leader. That might be one group of people. And as you transition through your career, it may look very different. I would liken it to um, working on a master's or a PhD and you have a degree committee that that's supportive of you and, and, and with you along their journey, you wouldn't have those same people in the conversations as an emerging leader or as maybe mid-manager or as a senior executive.
0: Right, right, okay. Wow. This has been great. Thanks so much for sharing. I, I love everything that I heard.
1: <laughs> Wonderful. Thanks, Rhonda. Yeah.
0: Okay. We'll talk to everyone next week. Well, now, wasn't that informative? Thanks so much for listening to the People Gardener podcast. Please feel free to follow me on Instagram at the Gardener, and also on LinkedIn. It's Rhonda Delaney on LinkedIn. If you haven't already downloaded my 25 ways to be interested, the core foundational element of leadership, go to rhondadelaney.com forward slash workbook. It's a workbook and a challenge. Thanks so much again for listening. We'll see you again next week.